What is up, guys? Before you listen to the podcast, I just wanted to say that this was recorded last week, the day after Christmas. So if you hear us mention a couple times that it's the 26th, that is why. I hope you guys enjoy. Welcome back, everyone, to another Slab Stocks podcast. I am Aaron, your host, and I am joined here today with Nate for the first time in a long time. Ayo, I am back. Well, really, I'm back. With a joint. (laughs) Yeah, that's yeah. true. Aaron's always Aaron's usually the one that's gone. <laughs> yeah, it's not like you went anywhere. Um, last week you heard us take on a couple of our own solo podcast. I had two last week. Nate had a couple. He had one on Monday talking about some pitchers and investments in baseball. However, the end of 2019 is coming rather quickly. Christmas was yesterday. We hope you all had a Merry Christmas with your family. And we are going to talk about the decade in review not necessarily picking out each card from each year, but looking at a product from each year, picking out some of the players and talking about how their prices changed from the year that they came out until today, December 26, 2019. I think it's a good way to, to wrap up the decade, look at what came out, what cards you could have bought if you were collecting or investing years ago. I know many of you are very uh, rather new, maybe within the last year, um, and a lot of this stuff is... Uh, well, meaning new. I'm sure you collected when you were younger or back in the 90s or something, but got back into it. Um, and a lot of this stuff has changed in prices rather drastically. Some of it for the worse. Uh, really, <laughs> yeah. really only 2010, honestly. The rest of it has pretty much exploded. But 2010 was... Yeah, a- well, when you're choosing the right when you're choosing the right players. Right, right. yeah. But to start here, we're going to go back. Well, we're going to go from 2010 until today. Um, don't want to start with this year. But in 2010, the biggest thing that happened in cards was Steven Strasburg coming, uh, getting drafted. When was he drafted? You know more about this than me. The first pick? First pick in 2009, 2010. 2010. 2010. Because, wait, Harper was 11, right? Yeah. So Strasburg was 10. Yeah. Yeah. But the interesting thing about Strasburg is normally you guys are, are... used to a player getting drafted in, let's say, 2009, like Mike Trout, and then having a rookie card, let's say, two to three years later when they get called up. With Steven Strasburg, he never had a... I mean, he did have his first Bowman prospect, but it's in like the same exact set when he has rookie autograph or something like that. The same year he had his Topps Chrome rookie. It was a oh, lot of... 2009. One, one point for Aaron right there. 2009, yeah. <laughs> um... Well, either way, his rookie card came the same year that he had his like first card. He did not have a 2009 Bowman draft card. What a bum. <laughs> but with that, I remember that there's like some ESPN story that the Steven Strasburg Super Fractor sold for some thousands of dollars, which was like a huge sale back then. <laughs> Meanwhile, and the Ellie Rushman just sold for... 24? 23? 2388. Yeah, nuts. So $23,088, not $2,388. <laughs> or $238. And 88 cents. <laughs> yeah. Um, but for 2010, we picked 2010 Bowman Baseball. Could have went with Topps Chrome Baseball because it had the Stanton rookies. Uh, 2010 Bowman Baseball did not. However, in 2010 Bowman Baseball was Strasburg's first official autograph, which is what a lot of people will remember when you talk about Strasburg's first cards. And on release, they were $150 on auction. So if you think about it, while yes, he was a pitcher, it was still hype that I think we rarely see with pitchers for Strasburg. Mm-hmm. That is not that expensive compared to today's market for the top player, let's just say, in a product. Yeah. 
Top player probably today is fetching somewhere around three hundred, four hundred dollars if they're good enough. Instantly. I yeah. Forget. Yeah. Like Jason I mean, Dominguez will be six hundred next year. Probably. Yeah. Franco was five hundred this year, which was a new high of release. I'm pretty sure. I'd have to assume unless Harper Harper was higher in two thousand eleven, but I Seems unlikely. Seems unlikely. I know he reached up there as he played, but so and then looking at the rest of the checklist though, it's actually pretty pretty bad. There's only around twelve to fifteen prospect autograph subjects in the set, and then another ten rookies. And the two other rookies in there were really Jason Hayward and Michael Brantley. Nate, you want to shed some light on these guys and what happened here? Um Jason Hayward went from being a defensive first outfielder to having one really, really spectacular offensive season in Atlanta to getting signed by the Cubs, reverting back to his defensive first outfielding self, and then had a pretty good offensive season last year. But yeah. like there was huge hype because of top prospect pedigree, and people always bet on... You know that defensive guy, the... Uh, uh, Pache. Christian Pache right <laughs> yeah. now. Defensive guy that people are betting on offense you know, increasing. Might not happen. It happened for Jason Hayward for one year. Yeah. And now look at it. Which is why they were eighty bucks back when these things came out. That that hype around him. I know he hit a home run in I think his very first app or very first pitch of his career. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't remember anymore. Dang, well, I'm pretty sure it happened. But today you could go buy one for five bucks. So yep, lost a lot of value there. Oh, I did not mention for Strasburg. Those are around fifty dollars right now, which is another drop. However, one dollar drop. True, it is a hundred dollar drop. One dude, if you bought back in 2010 of Bowman Baseball, would make you money today. And that man was a player to be named later in the CC Sabathia trade. Michael Brantley. Yep. And uh, World Series. Did he win the World Series with the Astros two years ago, or is that nope. more recent acquisition? He, they just signed him this offseason. Oh, okay. He was on the Indians. Yep. He went to the World Series with the Indians. Oh, and then lost, lost in it. Game seven. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Brantley. Six dollars then, yep. thirteen dollars now. Hey, look at <laughs> that! D- double money though. That's incredible. Uh, yeah, I mean, over a nine or ten year period, uh, rarely, I guess, would you say you see like a such a small incremental increase like this. Normally, it's just that the card's worthless, so it's worth a lot more. That's normally how it goes. Um, but that was twenty ten. In terms of basketball and football for that year, I should say we are choosing between basketball, football, and baseball for each year. Football was one of the worst. Draft class turnouts of all time. Um, well, to go along with one of the worst products. I should say football. <laughs> true or sports for card investing. 2010 was one of the worst quarterback draft classes. When you have Tebow, you have Sam Bradford and Colt McCoy. Those were like the top three guys. Hey, Tebow's in AAA right now. Tebow is in AAA right now. <laughs> um, and then you have Rob Gronkowski and Des Bryant, and then a bunch of flameout running Ooh. backs. So not great in the football realm. Also, the product offerings weren't great back then and then for basketball there were no bass nope just kidding this is the next year in basketball you had paul george you had john wall and demarcus cousins and two of those guys are pretty irrelevant now paul george obviously relevant um but not enough for us to dethrone the the hype of steven strasburg back when it came out because paul george really became great through the early 2010s in the 13 14 range and now obviously is a superstar now um but wasn't like back in 2010. That was a you know a big thing people were looking out for. Moving on to 2011, I think that all of you can guess what we put here. It was a pretty easy choice by far and away. 2011 tops update. Mike Trout's flagship rookie card, the card that you probably threw away or traded to a kid for some gum, something like that. It was only worth 25 cents back in 2011. 
today. Or you stored it in a box, and you have that box in your mom's house or in, in the basement somewhere of the house you're currently living in, and you haven't gone and looked back, and you're sitting on... $400. 400 bucks. Which means you should go look. Um, but Mike Trout, obviously such a big thing. In 2011, I think it was the 60th year anniversary for Topps uh, Tops baseball set. So they came out with something called Diamond Anniversary Cards. And you could pull those out of retail packs. And $2,000 Mike Trout for the Canary or for the uh, the Cognit or whatever the... The name is of it. And then there's also the diamond one, which is like another 2000 or something. Hope diamond of 60 or something, which is like 10,000 or something whack like that. Hmm. Um, some pretty crazy cards are out of retail packs. So that was definitely an easy choice for us. And then also in the set, you have Jose Altuve, who was a 10 cent base card back in 2011. And that was around $12. And then JD Martinez is another name that was in the set. Could you imagine buying a Mike Trout card for 25 cents? Or imagine going to your, like 50 of them? Going to your local card shop, go through their quarter bin or dollar bin at the time and just pull every Mike Trout card out and just hold on to it. Well, realistically, like <laughs> he was a top he was a number one prospect, right? Well for one year? Yeah. Yeah. Number three and then like number one and then got called up and did poorly and yeah, then people uh and then came up and was the best player in baseball for the last uh ten years. Ten years. <laughs> nine years. Yeah. But uh Meanwhile, guys like Flag Guerrero Jr. come up and uh, do poorly, and people freak out and cut bait. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if you think about it, like not too far-fetched that if you're like us or you're like someone that invested in baseball back in 2011 that you would be buying Trouts. I mean, obviously, at the time, the rookie card didn't mean the same thing. I should really say that. This yeah. this card specifically really redefined the meaning of an update rookie. Um, and now you see... Acuna's, you know, that we're topping out at like 40 bucks last year for Raws and stuff like that. That's what you're starting to see now um, because of this Mike Trout card, which makes it an iconic card way up there with some one of the top baseball rookies of all time already, which is pretty crazy to see this early into a career because normally it takes 30 years after can't a career. Even, he can't even be, if he retired today, by rule, he wouldn't be able to be a Hall of Famer. Is there some qualifier or what? Yeah, you have to be in the league for like 10 years. Really? Yeah. But he would be first ballot if that qualifier wasn't there. Correct. Yeah, which is nuts. Well, that's what we got for 2011. To shed some light on basketball for that year, this was the time when the collective bargaining agreement was uh, happening, or like the the dispute between the players' association and owners, where there was like that 33 game lockout or a 20 some game lockout of basketball. Um, in 2011, so there were no basketball cards in 2011. None got made and sold. That's crazy. So what they did was they doubled up the rookie class with 2012. So you would see Kyrie Irving. You would see uh, Clay Thompson. You would see, I think Jimmy Butler was one of the guys also, where it would get combined into the 2012 products. So what you have here is for our 2012, it was by far and away super easy. I did not even look at baseball or football to debate a product here. It had to be prison basketball, the first ever release of prison basketball Happened in 2012. I vividly remember buying retail packs at Target for $3, pulling greens out of the packs. The green Steph Curry is probably like a $400, $500 card today. Crazy stuff like that. They were selling for like 2 bucks back in 2012. But the dual rookie class really escalated this checklist just so above and beyond. There's names on here like Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson, Damian Lillard, Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, Isaiah Thomas, Kemba Walker, Andre Drummer, and Chris Middleton. What is that? Combined all-star appearances has to be like above 20 there or something. 
above yeah, 25. Chris Middleton has a solid one. Yep. <laughs> Shout out Chris Middleton. Uh, but, but what happens when you combine these classes is, yes, you get a lot of good players, but also comes with a lot of bad players. It's a 300-player checklist for 2012 Prism. Um, obviously, there's a lot of rookies in today's product, but you have guys like DeAndre Liggins in there, and there's a lot of guys like that. So keep in mind that the good does come with the bad. But if you were to buy a Kawhi Leonard Silver back in 2012 when it released, those are hobby only. There were only three different parallels back in 2012. You had your greens out of retail, your silvers out of hobby, and your golds numbered out of 10 out of hobby. So barely any parallels to there's 40, I think, in total. If you were to buy a Kawhi Leonard then, and they're only called refractors then, if you typed in silver and went back way back when, the earliest sale of a Kawhi Leonard silver would be like 2016 or 15, because that's when they actually adopted the term as, like Panini, as the name of the card. Five bucks back in 2012. Today, $2,000. That is a huge return. And Anthony Davis is pretty similar. However, it's $75 then and now 2200 today, which is wild. If you were a basketball fan back in 2012 and you had some patience, you would make a killing. And not to forget... Could you imagine... Ten dollar investment seven years ago, you're sitting on four thousand. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't even imagine. And I think that there's around that rumor like three hundred silvers out of this set per player. And it's not just the rookies that go for a ton; it's the vets too. You have like LeBron James, Curry, KD, Dirk, D Wade, Harden, and Russ, and among others, there's veterans in there too. All those guys sell for a ton of money if you have a silver or a green. And obviously, PSA tens go for even more if you could PSA them. You skip out. You skip out on one double bacon butter burger, <laughs> cheese curds, and a drink from Culver's, which is disappointing to have to skip out on that. And you buy two Kawhi Leonard Silvers. Yeah. And today you can buy 400 meals from Culver's for that instead exactly. of one. That's insane. Funny how you just related buying cards to Culver's. Hey, the ROI right there, 400 meals from Culver's. Look at that. That was pretty easy. I think most of you would agree with us there for 2012. 2013, we were debating between going with baseball or basketball. In baseball, you had Yelich and Arenado, Machado, guys like that. But it was clear, looking at basketball, when you have a guy like Giannis, you can't deny that that set is going to be worth a ton of money in the future. We could have went with 2013 Prism, but instead we want to switch it up a little bit. So we went with 2013 National Treasures Basketball. Um, realistically, you could pick Prism or NT, whatever you can afford. Um, both do well long term. But NT basketball, there are some crazy numbers here for Giannis RPAs. $400 back in 2013. And today, the most recent sale for a raw one was $22,000 in July, which is insane. Um, I don't know if any of you had $400 to throw around back in 2013. But if you did, you would be sitting on a lot of money. I think you're looking at like a 50,000% return on investment here, 5,000%. Well, here's what you're looking at. For the price of 40 Culver's Meals in in uh, 2013, you could get 2,200 Culver's Meals today. That is your return on investment. That's how Nate makes sense of financials and cards is related to Culver's, Culver's how, how much, value. How much, how much food can I buy? <laughs> That's so funny. And then the rest of the set rounds out with Oladipo, CJ McCollum, Rudy Gobert, Stephen Adams, Tim Hardaway Jr., Otto Porter. Not spectacular by any means, but you got a couple all-stars in there with Giannis, Oladipo, McCollum, Gobert, and Adams. I'm almost positive Adams made an all-star game. He might not have, though. 
That might be far-fetched, actually. Couldn't tell you. If only one. If there was a way for us to figure this out, as Nate hops on basketball reference right now, yeah. Um, as he finds that, I will wait for him because I don't want to move on to 2014 yet. Well, keep talking, keep chatting. <laughs> Tim Hardaway is- Jr. the other day had 20 first quarter points. That was something that I was not expecting. Really, Mavericks versus Sixers. He dropped five threes Can in the first quarter. Stephen Adams. All rookie second team. Not an all star. Nothing else. Okay, that's fair. I didn't. I knew it was kind of far fetched, but <coughs> he's he, he's a he's a good player. Um, moving on to 2014 basketball, easily just chucked to the. Hey, oh. you want to hear something fun about Stephen Adams? Sure. Was traded as a future 2013 first round pick. For yeah. who? For someone's on the. James Harden. Oh. Yeah. But also, Lazar Hayward went to Marquette. Shout out Marquette. They're from Milwaukee. We're from Milwaukee. <laughs> and Cole Aldridge. Shout out Cole Aldridge. Went to Kansas. From Bloomington, Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> you just ruined him. <laughs> um, before moving on to 2014, I do want to just mention football in 2013 was another complete bust. You had Eddie Lacy, who was a big-time player at the time, one rookie of the year, not many quarterbacks to mention in the slightest. I think you're looking at like Mike Glennon and maybe Geno Smith. Woof. So nothing. And then you're looking at Tavon Austin and Le'Veon Bell. Which oh DeAndre Hopkins is the best player of the draft. But oh, by far. It, but I mean it's obvious by far, but I'm just saying like with the cards, wide receivers, yeah. Bad market. Um so nothing there. Football, bad market. Football bad market. Baseball, we already mentioned Yelich and stuff. 2014, basketball is the easy no. You're looking at Wiggins, Jabari Parker, and Joel Embiid. Stud. Who is the best player out of that thing, as I hate to admit. But not much else there. I know that Jokic was drafted in 2014 but didn't have cards until 2015 when he came over to play for the Nuggets. So it was a pretty easy pick to go with Topps Update 2014. Easily could have picked 2014 Bowman Baseball, which had Mookie Betts' first Bowman autographs in there. But we wanted to get the set that included the three flagship rookies of Mookie Betts, uh, MVP one season, Jacob deGrom, two-time Cy Young winner back-to-back, and George Springer World Series MVP from a couple years ago. So that was an easy pick for us. Mookie Betts Gold Rookies number 2014 were two dollars back in 2014, and now we're seventy-five dollars today. I'm sure that they're 150 when he won MVP or around there. So that's another situation where. Wonder what happens when he gets traded. Is that do we think it's actually gonna happen? I remember hearing some rumors, but that he gets traded. Yeah, I gotta imagine it's gonna happen eventually. This year. This year. Wow, that'd be crazy. Are I the guess. Red Sox gonna miss the playoffs again? Hey, well, I don't know. Tough to say. They're a weird team. They missed the playoffs and then they won the Super, uh, the Super Bowl, the World <laughs> Series, and then they missed the playoffs again. So it's yeah, like, it is kind of interesting. Moving on to 2015, this was a very easy pick to go with basketball. There are five players here that have all made All Star teams. I am assuming, actually, yes, that is true. You have Carl Towns, Devin Booker, DeAndre Russell, Kristaps Porzingis, and Nikola Jokic. Five very, very legit NBA players. Porzingis lit up the last couple games he played after a not great start to the season. Obviously, Luka being hurt has helped him a lot get his shots. But this is really the year that defines when Prism exploded 
um, from 2015 into 2016, which is why it's such a big deal, why we picked 2015 Prism. You look at Carl Town Silvers, and you combine for $35 off release, the number one overall player or pick in the draft. Going through the season is how this started increasing through that summer into 2016. So it didn't happen when this released. It happened as the year went on. But $35 for a Town Silver is crazy. Today they're 110. I really think that that's insanely undervalued after he's missed four games and the Wolves have lost like 10 straight games. Obviously that's not good, but he's been hurt. The Wolves have gotten really bad, so hopefully when he comes back they can start to win some games so Towns' market can move up. But still crazy to see the first overall pick a silver sign for $35 when the product releases. I mean, the last two drafts now, Zion 500, Luka 300, which is insane. And it's not like Towns was a different age. I do get, you know, now basketball's gotten bigger, prison, people are realizing Just the, whole the magnitude of it, the market, all yeah. that stuff combined. But with 2015 Prism, the the levels are the production levels are so much lower, which is why if you got in early, you could have gotten like a Devin Booker for five bucks. Those are two hundred ninety dollars raw. Now that would have been your best investment of 2015 Prism um, at the time. I, I know that Cat Raw had to reach two hundred here um, earlier in the season. They're down now. Good buying period, but you also have you know like Russell and Porzingis and Jokic who Jokic's silver is probably topped out two hundred dollars raw. Also, I know they're down around one fifty at the beginning of the season. However. Other than last night, I don't know what his stat line was last night. I know what they lost. Um, Christmas Day game against the Pelicans, an upset there. His last week has been dominant when they were on that seven-game win streak, and he was going crazy. So it's nice to see him playing better again. Comparing this checklist to 2013, let's say, clearly you have the best player in Giannis, but this one is is really balanced around the top five. Um, I mean, I know Oladipo, McCollum are all-stars and stuff, but... And Gobert. And Gobert, but center. But, no, I understand, uh, but yeah. still. Yeah, but it's not like that you're... Looking you're not at, buying Rudy Gobert, though, because no, he's a defensive No, you're buying list. Devin Booker and Jokic, who's a triple-double machine and yeah. stuff like that. So that was why the 2015 Prism was a clear pick. And now for 2016, I'm going to let Nate take this one because we talked about this in another ooh, podcast, ooh, ooh. and it's the best baseball Bowman Chrome checklist of... It will ever be. Probably will ever be, yeah. Unless, well, okay, we can't actually say that, but yeah. I'd be willing to bet. Uh, Bowman Chrome, obviously, 2016. It had Tatis, Fernando Tatis Jr. It had Vlad Guerrero Jr. It had Juan Soto. Not Jr. <laughs> uh, I mean, three of the top four young players in the game right now. Yeah, for real. Three of the top four. And they're all on the same dra- checklist. It's amazing. And Tatis, you want me to go right on the yeah, go prices? Yeah. Tatis... Back then, you could have got a Bowman Chrome base auto, $7.50. How outrageous is that? <laughs> you know what else is outrageous? Them, the White Sox trading him before he plays a game with them for James Shields. Why do they even need James, James Shields? James hadn't had a good year in a while, Shields. Why do they even need him? Were they, they weren't even contending, right? It's outrageous. <laughs> it's outrageous that they did it. But Fernando Tatis at the time, everyone's got to remember was just a international signee that nobody... I remember reading about him on Twitter at the time when the trade happened. Nobody knew. It was just like, whatever. Like, no, nobody knew. They were like, oh, Fernando Tatis was a nice player in the international signing period, but nobody was overwhelmed by it mm-hmm. or by any means. And now all of a sudden you look back and you're like, how could they be so stupid? 
Nobody knew. Yeah. It's not a smart idea to trade a player before he's played in your organization. That's what the Dodgers did with Jordan Alvarez for Josh Fields. Yep. So it's like, you know, it's, it's not never a good idea. But for how however many Fernando Tatises out there, you have major busts that you pay $4 million for, and they end up being nothing, and you wish you would have traded them when they had value. Right. Um, so Tatis was seven fifty then, four hundred fifty dollars of ungraded base auto now. Uh, back then a blue auto out of one fifty went for forty dollars. I got the now, which is outrageous. I have the now, which is now for BGS nine, it's sixteen hundred and fifty dollars. Four times your investment. However, PSA, oh wait, no, just kidding. Yeah, way more than forty times. I was thinking four hundred dollars. Yeah, <laughs> no, I don't know what it'd be. Forty times, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, PSA 10, 4,200. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah, Tatis was super cheap. Vlad, on the other hand, was $100 a base auto then. Which was the most expensive in the product at the yeah. time. And it makes sense. Hall yeah. of Fame dad. Uh, and $510 around there now. Topping out around 800 900 before his debut. Yeah, before he got called up. Um, and Vlad's one of those guys, such a special bat. The fact that people are cutting bait on him blows my mind. I'm sure a lot of people will be disappointed. Yeah, and even if you don't have that type of money to throw at Bowman Chrome, check out his top series two short print rookies. Those are pretty affordable right now. Twenty bucks a pop. Fifteen to twenty. Yeah. PSA tens around sixty five to seventy. Honestly, people like Vlad went from overvalued last season when he's coming into it just because of how expensive it was. He'd have to be an all star to now decently valued or possibly undervalued some of his cards yeah so i'd look at picking up a couple if you can yeah um and then lastly we got juan soto his bowman chrome autos were twenty dollars when aaron and i were collecting uh we no longer collect but when we, we were no collecting invest. well invest yeah yeah we collect aaron collects baseball and stuff and i collect kansas cards kansas yeah. jacks uh they were so twenty dollars at the start, one thirty-five when we got in, and they are now around five hundred fifty, five hundred seventy-five dollars a yeah. base. Wild, it's insane. Yeah. Well, it uh, makes... during the summer though, they were at three hundred. Yeah. When we wrote that article on mid, it, this was mid-June. This was not yeah. like early May. <clears throat> wrote an article on how undervalued it was. Sure enough, five hundred seventy-five dollars later. Yep, nine fives are now what eight hundred somewhere. Oh, I don't, I don't remember. That is just a guess, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's awesome. incredible to watch these <laughs> yeah. three players. Yeah, so Soto has now became one of our favorite players now in the Brewers because of our Nate's early call on him and yeah. just being fun to track him going up and stuff. Uh, much like Julio Rodriguez will be as he as he develops. Oh too, yeah, which well, you will get more on later. Um, Nate, might as well keep rolling with 2017. All right, 2017 thing. Bowman baseball, also a huge year. You had Nick Senzel, which is a nice player. Always injured, though, which is unfortunate, but a nice player. You had Eloy Jimenez, a very nice player. Ton of power. Good bat. Probably DH in the future. You got Gleyber Torres, who's obviously one of the Yankees' best young stars. But the crowning jewel and the closest thing you can get to Mike Trout without having Mike Trout, Ronald Acuna. $65. $65 a base auto. $930 $930 in non-graded base auto now. That's crazy. Aaron, how much could you have gotten a base oh, auto for? 120 120 That's when Nate was uh, 
Tommy key in on him. He didn't do it. But he did key in on Vlad when I told him to. Yes. And he keyed on on Soto like a month after I told him to. And he keyed on Forrest Willie. Yeah. So, so it, all, it worked it out. It evens out. It worked out. And, no, it doesn't even out. But It doesn't even out. Yeah, because if he just spent the same amount of money he spent on all those, all those guys on Ronald Lacuna, you would have made like... A lot of money. Ten times your investment? Yeah. Instead of like three or four? Yeah. Yeah, at least still doing well. Yeah. yeah. You can't you can't scoff at three to four times your no. investment. No. Well, that's pretty much all we have for 2017. Yeah. Uh, Eloy, I know, was around $400 for a 9.5 going into last season. Uh, actually hit over 30 home runs, however, you know, the baseball stuff like that. Could be a very interesting buy this season because the be. White Sox should be much, they much better. They added a lot of pieces. They added Grandal. They added Keuchel. Yep. They added another pitcher recently too, didn't they? I'm trying to rack my memory as we're saying this, and it's not working. It's not <laughs> working. So all I know is Grandal with Giolito and Keuchel and those guys should really be a huge boost. Yeah. Grandal's pitch ramming is unbelievable. Yeah. Crazy, though. They've really turned it around here, even with a lot of their stuff failing. Yeah. You know, Kopech blowing out the arm, Cease not being amazing yet. Yeah. Mankata looking like he was a bust, and then he wasn't a bust. Yeah, last like, year just goes off. Yeah. Well, good for them. I wish we still had Grandal, though. Bummed. Um, moving on to 2018. This was, I'd say, the defining year for the resurgence in full of the sports card market. Uh, two products here, I think, 100% defined it for sure, is Prison Basketball and Update Baseball. I wasn't going to pick between the two. There's too much going on here to have to pick. Both were very, very key and very important to the increase in the market and people getting back into it. Um, Update Baseball, one of the best top four checklists you will ever see in your life. And then Prison Basketball, just all the people getting into basketball. A ton of good 18, 19-year-olds on that checklist, which is very important for people when they're investing. It's 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 pretty nuts. I mean, the list for 2018 prison basketball goes way longer. I just didn't want to list like 20 names here, but it goes way further than what I'm about, what I'm about to say. So I'd say your top six are first off your top five picks from the draft. Luca. This is not in order of the picks, but this is most likely in value. Uh, Luca, Trey, Marvin Bagley, Jaron Jackson Jr., and DeAndre Aiden. And then I threw in a six there of Shea Gilgis Alexander because he's really. Done well this year, and his market has increased quite a bit from last April as he moved over to OKC. What about our boy Dante? Oh, what about our boy Devontae Graham? What about our boy Devontae Graham? True. I mean, I'd say that there's so many names on there. You could How just... dare you. <laughs> I mean, I could go on Devontae Graham. There's so many names. Landry Shamet. Yeah, we... Well, Shamet's been disappointed. Yeah, he hasn't been injury, great. But, but there's, there's quite a bit of names on there from that, from that draft. Update Baseball. There's more names on here than these four, but this is what defines the checklist. Raul Nakuna, Juan Soto, Glaber Torres, and Shohei Otani. Otani, it was his like fifth rookie or something after that, but it is the one that people will probably grab onto the most as his Series 2 is airbrushed from a Japanese jersey, which the, the image just is not a very nice card, um, which actually matters in a lot of people's eyes, so I think that the update will stick. But that top four is incredible. You have two... Of the top two, right? I mean, you could throw into Tease in there too to be the third. Acuna and Soto, top two young players in baseball. Yep. Then you have Torres, who is like Nate said, one of New York's best young players, two two time All Star already at the age of twenty two. 
Yeah. Yeah, around there. And then Otani, who went healthy on both sides, pitching and hitting, is one of the most interesting players in MLB. Yeah. And if you were to pick up some of these cards back when they first released in two, uh, late 2018, you have Acuna Gold of 2018 for 50 bucks today, 300 Soto was 50 today, 275 I know Torres was probably like $10, and now he is... I'm pretty sure he's 115 and Otani. The prices are all over the place because of all the injury and stuff. And these people were super, super, super excited about Otani. Yeah, so it, it's 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 a little hard to gauge what his market was. But the first three you can at least look at. It's been crazy. Prison basketball. I will say this about Luca. His right one after the first week of release. I don't look like looking at prison prices for the first two weeks because they are so high. And then it's just inevitable, inevitable that they fall. Um, but when they kind of settled down, they were around 230 for a Lucas Silver. Now they're around 400, but they did top out at like 550 before he got injured. Um, I will say this over the summer, they were the cheapest that they were. They were probably like 160 to 180 for Lucas Silvers. Um, and then for Trey, back in late December of last year, around the release time, they were 50 bucks for a silver. Multiple going on auction for 40 to 60 dollars. And now they're 175, and they topped out around 250 this at the beginning of the season, 225. Outrageous. Which is a crazy increase. And then Bagley, Aiden, and JJJ, and SGA have all seen a bit of a tick up from last year during the season, but not as much as these guys. And our boy Devontae Graham. Devontae Graham's seen a huge increase. Two dollars to they topped out at 70, like 65. 65. Now they're down around 50. But yeah. he he had a pretty good game the other day, 23 and 10 with a couple rebounds and six of 10 for three or something. Back on track. Stud. Yeah, super good. I hope he gets an all-star appearance for sure. Man, I don't know if he will. It's tough to be a second-year player having your first good year getting an all-star I appearance. Know. I know, after all these vets are but, out here and stuff. You know, who else are they going to choose from the East? Well, he the Hornets, won't. so he, they might just give it to him. But it's not like that for basketball. No, I understand, right. but it's like maybe. Maybe. They maybe just, they throw Charlotte a bone. But then you also have to think, like, if you are one of the better guards in the East and you're like on set track to win most improved player of the year, how do you keep him out type yeah. of thing? So Also, the, how many good guards are in the East? Like None. Bradley Beal will be a starter, and he shoots like 30% from three. So. I mean, he's good. No, not about it. Kyle Lowry and Beal will probably be the two starters. But, yeah, the guards situation in the East is way down. Kemba actually will probably start over Bradley Beal. Yeah. Um, but there's that. 2019, the year we are wrapping up for the decade – there was a lot of stuff that happened this year. I'd say this is—I mean, this year the sports car market really blew up. It's been up. wild. It's been wild. I say that the 2018 products were more important because of the players, the value out of it, stuff like that. 2019, though, these are the products that are released in the wild year. You know, your prism that just came out has been psycho. I've never seen so many bids and buy it now selling on eBay for prism. It's been crazy. Optic has really taken off this year. The hollows have increased like 10 times for some of the players. I know Graham hollows are like 50 bucks. Those used to be probably like 50 cents, which is Insane. nuts. You could have bought Optic product all summer. Yeah. From 2018. Yeah. Some people did, and they made out like a bandit. Yeah. Um, and then you also have, we think, the best release of the year. Tops update and Series, series 2 was very good, I'd say. But when oh, series two was very se- good. Series two was really good. It's probably one of the best series two we've had in a long time since the Harper series two. But that's not even really that great because it's just like the Harper card, and that's it. Yeah, this one we had flat non numbered. Yep, Tatis, Eloy, and your rookie of the year, Alonzo. Pete Alonzo. Yeah, yeah. So it was very good release. It's your best budget spend. But when looking at going forward, what could be 
like a massive product. We're talking like not 2009 Bowen draft because no one's going to be paying the prices for any other product other than draft with the Mike Trouts or 6K in there, but a product that could be like very coveted. 2019 Bowman Baseball. We had a lot of fun with this product when it released in April. I sent Nate a box from eBay to open up when I was out in Europe, and he pulled a Franco Purple Auto, number 250, live on camera, which was awesome. It was incredible. It was a sweet moment. Um, but this product is pretty much loaded. Nate, I want you to give the rundown here on these players. Oh, yeah. It's probably going to be the best. You know, we had the best uh, Bowman, Bowman Chrome. Chrome. This will probably be the best Bowman baseball yeah. ever. Uh, you got Franco, who's the top prospect in baseball, and has developing power while also being a good shortstop, having a great hit tool, having a good eye at the plate. He's got everything you could want out of a 18-year-old, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you got Julio Rodriguez, who is a developing bat, who's got a great eye at the plate, great con- contact, great power. Defense isn't spectacular, but it's fine. It's you don't need fine it left cards. fielder, fine right fielder, whatever. Yeah. Um, but you don't need it for cards. And his bat is something special. He's going to be a top 10 player just because of his bat. I don't know if he ever gets to one because he's not a shortstop or a center fielder. Or, yeah. You know, has a, a bat like Flag or Jr. where he can be a corner infielder. Yeah. But it's unbelievable. And then you got Marco Luciano, who based on... Uh, position and bat and age could definitely be a number one prospect in the future. Would not shock me. You've got three guys that could be, you know, our top ten prospects right there. You got Joey Bart, who's a top ten prospect, but he's college instead of eighteen, nineteen, and a catcher. Um, and a catcher, but still the best catching prospect or the second best catching prospect in the game behind Adley, Adley Rushman. Yeah, recently. Uh, and was probably still the second best. Catching prospect in the game behind Adley Rushman, even though Adley Rushman was in college. <laughs> yep. Uh, so you got Joey Bart, who's also a top ten prospect. That's four guys. Yeah. Top ten prospects right there. It's insane. At some point in their career, they'll all be top ten prospects. And then Ronnie Maruccio is just a nice young top seventy, top eighty prospect yep. in all of baseball that doesn't do like anything bad doesn't have any spectacular tools Mm -hmm. but doesn't do anything bad and can stick it short so that's always nice to have right super young too um there and yeah crazy i remember when this product released i don't think i've ever seen this many players selling for such a high dollar amount you're always going to have your you know even if you have a bad checklist let's say 2008 19 bowman chrome which we think was one of the worst of the year oh boom 2019 bowman chrome was terrible yeah and Noel V. Marte comes out, $120 auto because there's nothing else. Exactly. So that's what my point was, was that the proc release is nothing else is selling high, so the top spot's going to grab 100 and some dollars just because that's what it is. Yeah. Singles need to sell because the product's expensive. It happens. You look at this, and you're like, holy crap, you have $500 off of release for Franco, 140 for Julio Rodriguez, probably 125 for Luciano. I know Mauricio was 100 at the time, and Joey Bart was 250 Yeah. Of your top five. You combine for like a thousand dollars combined, which yeah. is for base autos. Yeah, base, which is nuts and really crazy to see. But it makes sense why when you look at this. Uh, Franco now is around four ninety. I know that they went up to around six hundred when he had a super hot streak uh, during the middle of the summer. I'm sure they'll start to take back up as uh, 
spring training comes, yeah. and then J Rod went from 140 to 250 in Luciano, and he'll keep going up. Yeah, no doubt in my mind on that one. Nathan's saying I think since April, 400 dollars base auto someday by like mid season next year. But yeah, it's a 400 dollars base auto. Yeah, so crazy right there. I know Luciano went way up. He hit like what 10 home runs in like. Two weeks or something. And then got called up and did really poorly. And you're saying he moved up a level? Yeah. But he's yeah. 17. Yeah, yeah. But the point is that Luciano went way up. Mauricio is now around like 80 bucks and now 75. I haven't checked Joey Bart's praises in a while. But all these guys are still way up there. Uh, makes sense with what Nate was talking about with their prospect status and stuff like that. Well, that's our 10 products of the decade. I think yeah. that this was a pretty. Uh, nuts- what's your favorite product of the decade? Oh, I you have had to, to pick one. Yeah, I gotta go 2012 Prism as my favorite product of all time. Uh, opening it was so much fun. I wish I had a complete set. I know I donated all of my 2012 Prism cards. I did not have any silvers. I had greens of like Jeremy Lamb, Ricky Rubio, and Andre Nicholson. It was or Andrew Nicholson. It wasn't anything crazy. I had to have had a couple base rookies of Lillard in there or such, but nothing too nuts. I gotta go 2019 Tops Chrome. Bought eight hundred dollars no. worth, maybe pull a hundred dollars worth of cards yeah, back out. One of nine. Just kidding. I, for me personally, I'd probably go. It's either between twenty sixteen Bowman Chrome and twenty nineteen Bowman Baseball. Yeah, I actually opened up some twenty nineteen Bowman Baseball. I did not open up twenty sixteen Bowman Chrome. Yeah, but I wish I'd opened up. You know that those Bowman boxes Chrome. were like ninety bucks for the longest time. I think they're like six hundred now or something like that. It's outrageous. Yeah. So I'm going to go with 2016 Bowman Chrome. That's yeah, that, I mean those top three players are insane. And you know, 2019 Bowman Baseball hopes to reach that status for those guys, but we just don't know if it will. So that's yeah, we quite, don't know. Yeah. Um, Nate, favorite memory of the decade for sports or cards, whatever you want. <laughs> favorite memory of the decade for sports or cards. Put him on the spot here. That's very that's very broad. Fine, just go cards. Um, <laughs> Pulling that Shohei Otani and not realizing it was out of 10 and not being excited and then having it, realizing it's out of 10 and then getting like $265 for it. Yeah, that was our Series 2 on release day. We went down to Brewtown in Milwaukee and uh, they pulled the Otani auto number out of 10 and he didn't even know it until he got home, I think, or later that day. No, no, uh, we saw it. We saw it. Oh. We saw it. But, but like, I opened it and showed no emotion whatsoever because I was like, ah, vet auto, whatever. Yeah, and gets a bunch of money for it. We <laughs> only got 265 Favorite. Sports memory of the decade has to be Game 163 against the Cubs. Oh, that game was unreal. Yeah. That was unreal. Uh, Or, well, okay. Or maybe since decades a very long time. Yeah. It's probably winning the Super Bowl. I know, because that came right at the beginning of it. Yeah. But that's so long ago, I can barely remember it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Also, I was pretty young then, actually. Like, sixth grade or something. I was 15. Yeah, I was 11. Around there. Yeah, I'm done. <laughs> um, for myself, I've done cards for much lo- more of a. I mean, Nate probably collected cards before I was even alive. So True. I had some cards. But at least for this decade, I did a lot more in cards than Nate. So I have quite a bit of memories. I know in 2013, I pulled an Eddie Lacy, Topps Chrome, Gold Refractor Auto, number 10. This was when he won Rookie of the Year. Got an $800 offer for it. Didn't take it. <laughs> you remember that? I ended up selling for 500 I think, later in the year. Um, I tried to 9.5 it. Did not 9.5. But that was crazy. That was around my birthday in 2013. Huge Packer fan, so that was just crazy. I remember screaming my dad's name running down the stairs. Um, and then this past summer, setting up at the National was crazy. That was super fun. That's really fun. Really look forward to it next year. We'll be in Atlantic City. 
And then also on my 21st birthday birthday this year, pulling up Bobby Orr on card auto number five, which I will never sell. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, so you're there for it. Yeah. Pretty crazy. I'm coming out of Brewtown. At, uh, that was my best pull up there for sure. And then also meeting a bunch of people, you guys listening to this podcast through Instagram, through Twitter, through the national in person. Uh, we have made quite a bit of connections this year, more so than I'd ever imagined. A lot, a lot of good people. And also, we uh, we launched this in 2019. We launched this. January, well, really, technically, December 31st, 2018, New Year's Eve, I, I wrote the intro article. And then we really took it off in 2019. But it's been something, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Almost a year old. Almost, well, yeah, technically the LLC is a year old, but <laughs> the, the the launch has been five days from a year old, which is crazy. So we did a lot this year. We plan on doing a lot more going forward. I hope you guys are here to stay, here to listen to the podcast going forward. We will have much, much more content coming out at a much more rapid pace, even though it's already feels like a lot right now, but much more rapid pace once I graduate from school. That happens in May of this year. If he graduates. Whatever. <laughs> I have 20 credits left. Uh, jamming them in. Three, this, three from January 2nd to January 18th, and then 17 from end of January to beginning of May. So Woof. that'll be fun. But that's pretty much all I have. Anything else? Well, just always a pleasure to do these podcasts. Yeah. I'm glad people listen so that we're not just talking in a mic for no apparent reason. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, as a guy that, like, sports and didn't really know anything about cards for most of his life uh it has been enjoyable yeah you made some fun memories yeah i i did not expect that (laughs) did not expect that but here we are met a lot of good people made a lot of good memories because of cards who would have known yeah crazy hey that's how the world works right that's how the world works don't know with that, this was our Decade in Review, the best products and rookie cards of the decade. We hope you guys enjoyed and got a little bit of insight back 10 years ago if you weren't doing cards then. We are glad that you're uh, into the sports card market now. If you have any questions, as always, reach out to us via Slabstocks on Instagram or our personal accounts on Instagram, which you can find at the bio on our Slabstocks main account. Just sometimes those get answered faster than the main one because there's a higher volume there. And we don't check them as often. But thank you guys for listening. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And look out for future podcasts. And look out for 2020, 2021, 2022. Oh, yeah. The next decade. Let's go, baby. Who knows what's going to happen in this next decade. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, I hope it goes crazy. See ya.